Megan. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast. Every episode, we talk about travel destinations, interesting trivia, and even some travel fails. Let's dive into today's episode. Don't forget to travel mug. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Travel Mug Podcast. We're excited to be here again with you today. Yesterday, Megan and I and our spouses... Our spouses met for the first time yesterday. We had lunch. I know. Everybody liked each other, I think. I know. I think it worked out well. We Again, we have no, we had one job and we were going to get a group shot and we didn't. So there's no photographic evidence, but trust us, a good lunch was had by all. And I think actually we, uh, both of our spouses met for the first time and then we met each other's spouses for the first time too. It was really, it was great. And I think it's uh, the start of something good. I think so too. Yeah. So today we're going to chat about one of our shared favorite places, which is Reykjavik, Iceland. Very exciting. Yes, I'm very excited. I think we've wanted to do this one for a while, even from like before we started the podcast, we're both like, we can't wait to talk about this. (laughs) We love talking about Iceland. (laughs) I know we've mentioned it in like both of our previous, yeah, two of the first two episodes, I think we mentioned it. So. Yeah, we definitely did. We've talked about it before. So now is the time to dive into Reykjavik itself. Yes. So let's uh, start with some general city information. What do you got for us, Megan? <laughs> All right. So Reykjavik, as you can imagine, if you know anything about Iceland, it's not super populated. So it is the largest city and also the capital of Iceland and also the more northernmost capital city in the entire world. And that's saying something. <laughs> its population is around 131,136, which is by far the most populated place in Iceland itself. Yeah, so it's the Reykjavik is the center of the government, the cultural and the economic activity. Basically, everything happens there. Yes. It's a super popular (laughs) tourist destination, especially over the last, I don't know, probably six, seven years. It's been quite popular as a tourist destination. And because of that, they have an international airport. Uh, Iceland Air is their main airline. It flies right in from a lot of destinations. Unfortunately, not direct from Halifax anymore. Sad for us. No, that, that is sadness for <laughs> sure. I know it was it was great, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But it was super convenient. And the currency in Iceland itself is the Icelandic krona. At this point, July 2020, a um, thousand Icelandic kronas is about 10 Canadian dollars, which is better than when we were there. So the rate has actually gotten better for Canadian travelers since 2018. And the official language is Icelandic. But one thing that we were, you know, super pumped is that most people do speak English and they actually learn it in school, much like Canadians learn French. So if you're coming from an English speaking country, you should have really no problem communicating. Um, most people I encountered were, were bilingual. Yeah, definitely. And also I would like everyone to keep in mind if there are any Icelandic listeners, which we haven't had, but I, we <laughs> are probably going to butcher some of these names. So be patient with 100 percent. yeah it's um <laughs> your language is challenging i did a lot of googling on how to pronounce things but uh we are going to try our best yes do bear with us and if the episode's over and you're like i wish i knew what place they were talking about drop us a note and we'll send you the proper <laughs> spelling so you can google it yourself definitely <laughs> 
So uh, when we went to Iceland, it was June 2018. Um, Like we just mentioned, we flew Iceland Air direct from Halifax. While we were there, the weather did range from about 4 to 16 degrees. The only steady rain was on the Golden Circle where we spent one day, and it pretty much did rain that entire day. But otherwise, it was just sort of showers here and there overcast skies, honestly, for the most part, and then some sun. We did, after a while, just give up hoping for the sun. And we were just like, let's just see what happens. Because our motto essentially became expect the unexpected in regards to weather. So we just threw our hands up and we're like, we'll just have, you know, one of everything on that we may need during this day. And the cool thing about when we went to is that we were lucky to be there during the time of the midnight sun. So it never officially got dark. The sun would barely dip below the horizon. Uh, which was considered sunset. And the midnight sun in Reykjavik is from about June 16th to the 29th. But there's always light in the sky, no matter the time of night, for the duration of our whole trip. So we did the um, the drive around the country itself. And honestly, we didn't see darkness. We had a video that we recorded at one point, and it was 11.50 at night, and the sun was still above the horizon. So it was pretty crazy. And I remember coming home and driving home from the airport and it was dark and thinking, you know, that was really cool, but I really missed the dark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. So I went, I've actually been to Iceland twice. I went in October of 2013 and then I went again in October of 2015. I also flew Iceland Air direct from Halifax. And yes, as we said, you can't do that anymore. You would have to fly um, Halifax to Toronto and Toronto to Reykjavik which is really annoying because you're backtracking, but anyway. (laughs) So when we were there, the weather ranged from like zero or minus one to about four degrees Celsius. It was chilly. First trip I went on, it didn't rain. I don't think at all. It was, it wasn't really sunny. Like Iceland's weather is a little funky that way. It doesn't get like super sunny, but it didn't outright pour, which is really nice. The second trip, we had really heavy rain on our first day. And after that, it was pretty good. So I kind of did not have that same experience as Megan being there that we went in October. (laughs) It did get dark and it got dark around 7 p.m. I can't remember what time the sun came up, but I think it was like 6 a.m. or, you know, 7 a.m. or something around there. It was, it was pretty normal quote unquote daylight hours for us. So we didn't experience that, but we did get to see the Northern lights because you can't see that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention about um, the midnight sun too is, you know, people sometimes obviously have trouble sleeping when it's not dark. So most places that we stayed either had blackout curtains or they had uh, window blinds that, so that you, you know, you couldn't block it out completely, but it was helpful for sleeping. So if anyone is concerned about that, most places do have something you can certainly cover the windows with, but just keep it in mind. Perfect. So that kind of leads us into our next topic, which is where to stay in Reykjavik. Um, Being that I've been there twice, just my best advice is to stay in city center. Obviously, it it is more expensive to stay in city center as, you know, wherever you stay, the downtown area is more expensive. But being able to walk to a lot of places, it is a very small city, so everything's pretty close together in general. So just kind of try to stay within the city center. It's worth the extra couple of dollars a night. Definitely. Um, The first hotel I stayed at was Hotel Fraun. 
Um, and it was like basically right on um, the main shopping street. It was super easy to find and get around. It had a free breakfast buffet, which was super nice. And we actually had a room that had a like kitchenette so we could reheat food from the breakfast buffet or we had like leftovers from one restaurant too that we reheated. And right now uh, I just looked, it's about $150 Canadian a night. So it's, it's pretty reasonable. I, we paid less than that in 2013, but that was a while ago. And on yeah. our second trip, we stayed at um, Stay Apartments on Greta's Gata Street. Um, it was fine. I will would not stay there again, but it was cheap. <laughs> and it was and I survived. And it was two <laughs> nights. And it was sorry, sorry, Stay Apartments people, if you're listening to this. Maybe it's improved since 2015. I don't know, but it that was, was my uh, personal experience. <laughs> you know what? That's all we're here for is to give our own personal experience. Yeah. Um, for us, we I've only been to Iceland once, but we stayed in Reykjavik twice. So our first night and our last two nights. So our first night we stayed at Elf Hall Guest House. It's really central. I would say not as central as Hotel Fron from what you mentioned, but I would say it was probably a 10 to 12 minute walk from the main shopping street. So really Reykjavik's not huge. So it wasn't too, too far out of the way. Breakfast was included. Plus they had snacks you could have throughout the day and you had to pay for street parking. So if you are getting a car, something to keep in mind. And at the time I wasn't smart like Jen to look up how much it costs now, but at the time uh, for one night, it was 247 Canadian so not super cheap, but again, for us, it was worth it for the first night just for location. And then our last two nights in Iceland, we look back and wonder why we spent this much money, um, but we stayed for our last two nights in an Airbnb. They're beautiful. It's called Nest Apartments, and it's about a four-minute walk from the main church in Reykjavik, which we will talk about later. We had an entire floor of the building to ourselves, and it was a super well-appointed apartment. It was it was beautiful, but it it, it just wasn't cheap. Um, for two nights at the time, so this in 2018, it cost us eight hundred and twenty four dollars we we did have to pay for street parking so there wasn't even that um but street parking there i do have to say too for everything being super expensive street parking's not so that's one thing we didn't worry about yay but i would reconsider the price at this point but we did love it i just don't know if i loved it eight hundred and twenty four dollars mm, that's fair yeah yes i think i think you can look back and just you know reconsider things at a later date yes <laughs> So uh, we want to talk about our favorite things to do that we did in Iceland. And I think the first stop, you have to go there. You have to at least yeah. look at it from the outside. Yeah. Um, so it is the large Lutheran church that Megan mentioned, and it is called Hallgrimskirche. Yes, I think so too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> did you go into the church, Megan? Um, we did go in now. We didn't go up in it to get the city view because it was a, a really long lineup, but we did go in and we looked around, got some inside pictures and definitely some outside pictures. Did you guys pay to go up into mm. the view? Part? Yes, I have done that both times. Oh, nice. Um, I, I love the view from the top. Reykjavik is very colorful. Uh, the buildings in in the city are very colorful. So the view from the top is very pretty, especially with the 
most of the time the sky is gray. So you kind of yeah. have this like the gray sky and then like the steel blue of the ocean and then these colorful buildings. Uh, it's about $10 Canadian per adult to go up. Both times I went, there wasn't a wait or a very short wait, but you know, different times of the year, different things. Also, there's a large pipe organ. And someone was playing it when we went oh, on wow. the last trip. So we actually sat in there for quite a while and listened to them play. I love going to big churches like that and hearing the organ. The acoustics are always amazing. So I definitely would have stuck around for that too. One other thing I wanted to mention before we move on from the church is there is a big statue in front as well that's sort of draw for people. Um, and it's of Leif Erikson. And I, I didn't know this at the time, but of course I've learned since. And he was an Atlantic explorer, thought to be the first known European to set foot in North America about a half a century before Christopher Columbus. And much like Canada, I think when, you know, people are famous from Iceland, they're super celebrated. And I think Leif, Leif Erikson definitely falls into that category. Definitely. Yeah. The next stop on our, our wee little tour here of Reykjavik that we enjoyed is the Harpa Concert Hall. I like that I got to say Harpa Concert Hall and not the church name. So you, uh, <laughs> you got that one and you win. <laughs> I, <got Harpa. laughs> I lucked out somehow. Um, we actually went in this building. It is a, a big glass building and we didn't actually know at the time quite what it was, but we went over and saw the name and, and it was open. So we did go in. Um, it is free to enter. There's a cafe inside where you can grab it expensive drink if you want one but you can go in and go up the escalator you can get some pictures from there and even just pictures of inside the concert hall itself is, is worth going in did you guys actually go in there we did go in yeah we just kind of went in and wandered around the building is gorgeous so definitely take a few minutes especially if it's raining or something just pop in and look around and take some pictures and I think there was a little music-y store in there as well yeah something like that yeah yeah so it is it was beautiful it would be very cool if there was a performance going on that you could attend while you're there too and I actually heard read can't remember uh it's not that expensive like the performances are not oh. like outrageously expensive so it would look at the schedule for sure before you go cool so the settlement exhibition is a super cool museum it is a viking museum Ooh. and the museum is built around an excavated viking longhouse that they found so they found this archaeological site and in order to preserve it they built a building around it Right. Museum. And so you can see like the layout of the longhouse and get like an idea of how people lived there. And then along the edges of the building are artifacts in like cases. So you can see things that they dug up. It's super cool to actually see the site where it's been dug up. Obviously, you can't touch it, but it is super, super cool. Yeah, we missed that. That honestly sounds really interesting. So mm -hmm. we'll put that on our list for next time. Mm -hmm. So next is a not too far actually from the concert hall is the Sun Voyager sculpture. If you don't think you've seen it before, I'm sure you've likely seen pictures of it. It's super, super famous. And it can be easy to miss though, but it is a Viking boat looking sculpture. It's worth seeking out. It's usually very crowded. Um, so try to get there early to get a picture without people. I was not successful in doing that. And I was tired of waiting. So after a while, I'm just like, take the picture and let's move on. <laughs> yeah. um, did did you get any good pictures of it when you I saw it? I did. Yeah. So the first time I went in 2013, Iceland hadn't exploded in its 
uh, tourist popularity yet. So I feel like things were less crowded then. Um, So I did get some good pictures then. And then on our second visit, uh, I think we visited later in the day. There were a few people around, but you could kind of like cycle through. Um, but it it is really beautiful. And if you can get there um, at like sunset, it is really cool too. Yeah, definitely. So the next one, I'm not sure, Jen, if you had the pleasure of Oh, you did. I did. I realized, then why don't you go right ahead and introduce <laughs> no. I'd love for you to chat about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So you may have heard Iceland has a penis museum. So. What? I know. The Icelandic <laughs> Phalological Museum. Ooh. And there are penises everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> there just are. There I mean, there's are. no way to put it. Nope. They're there. They're, most of them are real, like, real penises from animals. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, we saw it before we went, and we thought, oh, that'll be funny. But they're super serious about the penis. <laughs> I mean, they have, it's the world's largest display, actually, of penises and penile parts. Um, The collection of 280 specimens from 93 species of animals includes 55 penises, I can't believe I'm saying this, taken from whales, 36 from seals, I don't know why they needed so many, and 118 from land mammals, allegedly including trolls. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now... It's also interesting that there are some bronzed penises that are human penises. Now, that is the one thing they're lacking, thankfully, um, is a human one. Um, But there are bronzed uh, human penises of like a soccer or a football team. It's most likely soccer, football for Europeans. Um, And yeah, something not to miss there. I feel like it's a handball team that went to the Olympics. (laughs) I can't remember... I think it was something to do with the Olympics. We well, would have been better researched if we'd looked this up before, but that that's okay. Anyway, the point is Fine. it's All the whole team and it looks like <laughs> a little growth of mushrooms. It's like a penis village, really. And as of right now, to get in, it would cost you about $21.46 Canadian. And I feel it's worth it to say you've been to the penis museum. Well, it's unique. It is indeed. All right. Let's not say penis anymore this episode. All right. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Also, one other thing I wanted to mention before we move on is it is also home to a thriving art scene. Don't miss either a guided graffiti tour. um, So you can definitely make sure that you see all the cool sites or you can really just stroll around if, you know, guided tours aren't your thing and discover for yourself the many murals on buildings rooftops, as well as urban graffiti. Um, Jen already mentioned that it, it's a colorful city anyway, and this honestly just adds to it, and it's like a ton of hidden gems. Like when you come around the corner and you see one, you're like, eh, you're just excited. So it's definitely something you could go out and explore on your own as well. Yeah, I wish that I had done a, a tour. Um, I feel like I didn't, I remember like graffiti and like murals, but I don't, I didn't appreciate them, I think then like I would now. So I'll put that on my list for my next visit. Yeah, no, same for us. And I know that we saw it, but again, like you, it wasn't something we were like, oh, you know, Reykjavik is actually known for this. So I think definitely it's something we'll add to our list for next time too. Definitely. So the next place we want to talk about isn't actually in Reykjavik, but it's 
very popular for people who are going to Iceland and it's, it's close by. It's not that far. It's actually super close to the airport and it is the Blue Lagoon. Very famous. <laughs> it is very famous indeed. So it is about 51 kilometers from the airport, but to get a taxi one way, it's around $23, which in my brain seems very reasonable. And I mean, there's, there's so many differing opinions from people on why you should go and why you shouldn't go. And we, we definitely did go. And I'm assuming obviously you did too. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So we actually, there's, um, we took a gray line tour bus that picked us up in Reykjavik. Uh, we were going back to the airport for our flight that evening. So they picked us up in Reykjavik in the morning. They stored our luggage while we were at the Blue Lagoon. And then they picked us up at the Blue Lagoon and took us to the airport, which is a great, great service for that like day where you're, especially when you're flying back to North America, most of the flights are like later in the day, like four, you know, five, six o'clock, something around there. So it worked out very well. I enjoyed my experience at the Blue Lagoon. I didn't do it the second time that I went. So I thought we would go through sort of the pros and cons of visiting the Blue Goons so that you can choose for yourself. I'm just going to dive right in for the pros because I'm a bully. Um, Let's do the pros to start. I mean, maybe we should do the cons to end on a positive note, but I've already started. So for the pros, um, it is beautiful. Like there's no way around it, even like in the, from the parking lot. And we did, we did drive there. So from the parking lot, even walking in, like it kind of gets you a little bit excited because there's little different like blue watery pools uh, sort of along the way that look natural. Mm-hmm. It is close to the airport, like we mentioned. Um, the food is great. I didn't have it. Did you? I did. Yeah. They have like a, they have like a little to-go restaurant and then they also have like a, a super fancy restaurant. We did not eat at the super fancy restaurant, but even the to, to-go food was delicious. I have to say. Oh, that. that's awesome. Well, that's good to know. We probably should have eaten there. <laughs> um, and it is definitely very Instagrammable. So if you're doing it for the gram, it is yep. somewhere of note for sure. Now for the two of us, and again, these are 2018 prices, but the cost for the two of us, which did include towels um, and a drink each was approximately 251 Canadian, which felt like so much. We had literally got off the plane, got our car, went to the Blue Lagoon, and we'd already spent $251. <laughs> so that was that scared me a little. Um, now Peter had wine and I had a green smoothie. Uh, probably not a great idea to have wine after an overnight flight where neither of us slept, but we were good. It was fine. <laughs> um, and I think a really big key, if you can, if you are, let's say coming and arrive in the morning is to go early or again, like, like Jen mentioned, to plan your visit on your way home before you go to the airport. It's a really great either kickoff or finish to your trip. Yeah. I think the key is to book ahead of time on yes. there website. Uh, we actually had massages at the Blue Lagoon, which I don't remember how much they were. I probably blocked it out. Actually, I don't even know if we looked at the price. We just decided we were doing it. You were so fancy. I know. It was amazing. So you were actually floating in the water uh, on your back. There, You laid on like a yoga mat type thing. Okay. And you laid back on this yoga mat, which kind of kept you just suspended below the water and the massage therapist massaged your whole body. It was like a full body massage. It it was so relaxing. And then they let you float there for a little while after. And you can use like the silica mug masks and it was very relaxing. It was, um, yes. 
Like you did it up. I did. Yeah. So that trip was with my stepmom. So we, we were treating ourselves and we had a great time. So the cons, let's talk about the cons of the Blue Lagoon. Let's do it. It can be very crowded because it's super popular. If you go further out in the lagoon, I found it wasn't as crowded. So, um, you know, people tend to go in down the stairs and stay right in the way, which is really annoying. But like we said, it was expensive. It, uh, yeah, the prices go up every year. They have a hotel there now. It's very fancy. Oh, wow. The place is expensive. Yeah. Um, The one thing that, I don't know if this bothered me about it, but I consider it a con. It is not like a naturally occurring place. Like they built this, they excavated it. It's not a naturally occurring lagoon, but it's it's naturally heated by the um, volcanic activity. But just one thing to kind of keep in mind. And like we said, it's full of tourists. It's busy. It's crowded, but it's beautiful. It is. And I, I have to say like, you know, and those cons are legitimate. It's, it's up to everybody sort of what they want to experience, but I don't regret doing it at all. No, I don't either. We actually went to a different, um, hot spring on the golden circle on our last trip instead of the blue lagoon. And I actually enjoyed that experience a lot better. Wow. Good to yeah. know. For we'll talk about that in our golden circle episode coming up. All right. Soon. We'll cover that off. So one of my favorite topics is eating. So let's move forward and talk about where to eat in Iceland. So Jen, how about you tell us about what seems to be, but probably mm-hmm. isn't officially. Their, their I think it is. I think it is their national is it food. Really? Hot dogs are the national food of Iceland. That is literally saying something. All right. They eat a lot of hot dogs, I think. I think they're, they eat less than they used to probably, but um, I believe the hot dogs are made of sheep or a blend of meat. I ate one. It was good. I had to mentally get around the sheep thing, but sure. I, I got there. Um, there's a famous hot dog stand right in the city center. Um, it was actually made pretty famous when Bill Clinton visited Reykjavik and now it has a very long line most of the time yeah we went and we ordered our hot dogs and the lady asked us if we wanted Iceland sauce and we were like uh and she's like you want Iceland sauce we're like okay (laughs) it was like a mustard mayo spicy it was delicious but (laughs) don't be scared of the right choice it was good Yeah, we were gonna. I didn't eat meat at the time, so I didn't have one. And then Peter was going to have one, and much like you just mentioned, it does have lamb in it. So he, um, we had just driven around the whole country and stared probably 150 lambs right in the face. So he just didn't didn't feel at that point that he could do it. But I have heard they obviously are famous national food, and I have heard super delicious. Yes, yeah, I mean. Maybe they can come out with a vegetarian version. That would be great. It won't be as good, but that's a nice (laughs) (laughs) So my favorite place that we went, I went on both trips. I loved it that much. It's right in city center. It's called Cafe Bablu or Babalu. It's a cozy little cafe. It's orange on the outside. You probably won't miss it. It's all cozy inside with all plush chairs and lovely. Uh, We had soup and sandwiches. We had coffee and pastries. It was just a really, really nice place to hang out. That sounds cozy for sure. Yeah. And um, on our last trip, the last place we ate 
for breakfast was called uh, Sandholt Bakery, and they were also delicious. We love bakeries. Also, the coffee in Iceland was better than any other coffee than I've ever had. So we ate at a lot of cafes. I think it's the crystal clear water. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. so delicious. Yeah, we love the coffee, too. And you're right. You can drink the water pretty much anywhere in that country. It doesn't matter if it's pretty much the source. Like out of a stream. You don't even, it doesn't have to come out of a tap. It's bananas. It is pure indeed. Um, I have a couple of different places, actually. Um, Now, the first one is Cafe Wagnin. I'm sure, again, that sounds more German than Icelandic, but it essentially translates to coffee wagon. Um, It was really delicious. It's uh, the oldest operating restaurant in Iceland. It was founded actually in 1935. And it's called Coffee Wagon essentially because it originally was out of the back of a truck. I'd actually seen a Netflix show um, on Iceland in regards to cooking before I went. And they talked about these amazing fish balls, which are essentially like meatballs. And I got there and they weren't on the menu. I was devastated. And I asked and she's like, oh yeah, we'll make those for you. So I was like, sweet. So I felt like I was getting like the inside deal. Oh, I know. fancy. Awesome. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was fancy for once. Um, now, once we got to Iceland, the very first cafe we went to, and I, like you, we love a cafe, is Cafe Stofan, S-T-O-F-A-N. Um, we started and ended our trip here. Um, we were able to access Wi-Fi. We relaxed. We had coffee and some treats. So it being the first place we went, it kind of holds a special place for us. And there is actually a wine bar downstairs where you can take the party later if you wish. Another great stop for us was the Cat Coffee House. Now, you had to trans- try to say something earlier that was complicated, so I'm going to give it a try. Katar Cafe Hoosia. I'm sure that's really accurate. <laughs> um, you can go here and enjoy a pastry and a coffee and interact with cats. It was, oh. it was all I needed and more. <laughs> um, and then a couple other options we had, too, was someplace called Fish and More. Not surprisingly, we had fish stew there. It was a holiday. Therefore, they charged people because we needed to pay more. They charged us 20% extra because that's what they, I know, that's what they do on holidays to be able to pay their workers' holiday pay. The cost is passed back to the customer. Mm-hmm. So that we, that was, I mean, and they didn't tell us that, of course, till we sat down and then we're like, well, we're not we're gonna, trapped. <laughs> we're not going to leave. Um, and so anyway, that was super delicious as well. But I recall that meal costing us just for two plates of food around 90 Canadian. Ouch. I know. And then I'm sure something you did as well um, is going to the grocery store. I'm sure you guys probably did we that. Did. Did yeah. So we had uh, both times we went, we booked places that had kitchens. My husband is allergic to shellfish and being that shellfish and fish are a big um, staple in their diet. We didn't feel super, super comfortable eating out at a lot of places. Um, We weren't sure how they handled food allergies. So we did cook a lot. The the grocery store that we used was called Bonus and it's it's got a little piggy in uh, in its logo. They're they're really easy to find. And actually grocery prices, I don't remember them being outrageous. So I think that it was kind of a good way to go for us. 
Yeah, we shopped at the grocery store a lot. Like, I mean, we barely, it sounds like we ate at a lot of restaurants, but honestly, there weren't many more than what I've already listed <laughs> that we did eat at. And we went to bonus a lot. My husband actually still gets the bonus flyer via email. And every time it comes in, he's like, oh, I got the bonus flyer. <laughs> so <laughs> we went to bonus a lot as well, but there are other grocery options, but the bonus definitely does seem like sort of the bargain spot. So if you want to save money on that, I would definitely suggest going to bonus. Which brings us to near the end of our episode, one of my favorite things that we do, which is fun facts. Our first fun fact is that Reykjavik was actually founded in 1785 and is thought to be the site of the first permanent settlement in all of Iceland. Uh, You can see lots of cats throughout the city and they're usually owned kitties that have homes, but they roam freely and are generally very friendly. And I actually read that dogs were banned in Reykjavik for a while, and that's why you see a lot of cats. Yeah, they thought that dogs belonged out in the country, not in the city. So only country people were allowed to have dogs. Oh, that, well, that, hello, talk about a fun fact. I know. <laughs> right, bringing you the info. Parts of Reykjavik were actually covered by glaciers around 10,000 years ago during the Ice Age, and the seawater actually covered parts of the city. Reykjavik is really far north. It is located at <laughs> 64.08 degrees latitude and is the northernmost capital city of any sovereign state, like we mentioned. And for context, Halifax, where we live, is about 44 degrees uh, north latitude. Yeah, people think we're the great white north, but Iceland's way up there. Definitely. So far up there, it is actually located near the Arctic Circle, two degrees south of it to be exact. So when you think about that, when you're there, it, it's really crazy because you'd have you don't have to go that much farther to be at the Arctic Circle. So it's wow. it's really it's really great. Yeah. You know, when we were talking about our favorite places to eat, you didn't hear us mention any chains and there are no Starbucks or McDonald's on the entire island. I think there used to be, and now there are not. There you go. And and that's one thing I actually liked. I like going places and seeing the fact that they're sort of homegrown businesses um, Mm -hmm. that are, you know, just for for Iceland or Reykjavik indeed. Now there's something there called the Imagine Peace Tower. So it is a memorial dedicated to the late Beatles member, John Lennon. It is located on Vioy Island near Reykjavik. The memorial was commissioned by his widow, Yoko Ono, and it consists of a tall column of light that's projected into the sky from a white stone monument on the ground. It's really a reminder as well of the song Imagine by Lenin and his campaign for peace. So I thought that is not in Reykjavik necessarily, but nearby and you can see it from there. Hmm, yes. Um, Reykjavik's a super green city. They plan to be carbon neutral by 2040, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Renewable energy sources account for 99% of the electricity generated in the city. I know when we went all the places were heated by um, the volcanic um, energy, uh, so the heat from the ground. It's like some potholes on the road were steaming. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's too why sometimes when you turn the water on, it smells a little bit like sulfur. Yeah, it's literally coming from from uh, that kind Down of activity. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's something to get used to and not worry about too if you smell it. Yes, it's okay if your shower smells like rotten eggs. It's normal. It, it is. 
Just shower on. (laughs) Prohibition in Iceland started in 1915, but red wine was legalized less than 10 years later and spirits followed suit in the 1930s. However, seems seems kind of crazy. Beer was illegal in the country until March 1st, 1989, on a day when the high was only 23 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, the landmark date is celebrated annually in Reykjavik, as it should be, as Bjordagur, or Beer Day. I would celebrate that day, too. 1989. I know. Like, that's so recent for beer yeah. to be. <laughs> it's crazy. And it wasn't even, you know, a cold beer on a hot day. They didn't even bother with that. They're no. like, it's three degrees Fahrenheit. We should just have beer. Yeah, 23 degrees Fahrenheit is about minus five Celsius. So it was, it was a chilly day. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. So we want to thank you guys. That's the end of our episode. We want to thank you so much for all your support. You can catch up with us on Instagram and Facebook at the Travel Mug Podcast. We'd love to hear from you if you've been to Reykjavik or if it's on your list. Um, we'd love to know your experience or any tips that you have. Also, we'd love it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Helps us move up in the podcast world. Thanks so much for joining. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs>